Welcome to Nutrition and Clinical Practice Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeanette Hassey, the Editor-in-Chief of Nutrition and Clinical Practice. The theme for our June 2019 issue of NCP is Impact of Malnutrition on Disease Outcomes. So joining me today is Dr. Martin Rosenthal, the senior author of the paper, Serum Levels, a Prealbumin and Albumin for Preoperative Risk Stratification, which is published in the June 2019 issue of NCP. Dr. Rosenthal is an assistant professor of surgery on the acute care surgery team with the Division of Acute Care Surgery and Critical Care and the Department of Surgery at the University of Florida College of Medicine in Gainesville, Florida. So thank you, Dr. Rosenthal, for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So before we start a discussion, uh, Dr. Rosenthal, do you have any disclosures on this topic that you'd like to share? I do not. I don't have any disclosures. So as we get started, I think back to how we were trained just a few decades ago in nutrition support when we were taught that albumin was a marker of nutrition and we should use it to monitor changes in the nutrition status of our patients. In fact, we checked levels as part of a nutrition screening protocol, and we used it as a monitoring tool to guide our nutrition support decisions. Now we know that these lab tests are not very useful in determining nutrition status. So how did we get from the place where albumin and other serum proteins were the markers of nutrition to now where it's stated in our guidelines that these serum levels of albumin and prealbumin are really not valid nutrition assessment parameters? Dr. Rosenthal, how did we make that switch? You know, I think that many uh, once believed that supplemental nutrition could provide uh, the appropriate nutrient or calorie load to enhance hepatic protein production. It was here that the um, albumin being one of the easiest and probably most uh, inexpensive measured hepatic protein was a natural serum test. And then as the body of literature evolved and the understanding of inflammation through billions of dollars of research and how it turns albumin into a negative two-phase reactive dispelled the once-held belief that albumin is an accurate global biomarker for patients' nutritional statuses. Um, I would also like to add a, a small little question to, to the audience. If albumin truly is a good biomarker for malnutrition, shouldn't it rapidly correct to a normal physiologic level around four if we provide these patients with calories. And, you know, in my practice, I'm yet to see uh, this be true. It seems that despite giving these patients adequate nutrition, uh, albumin levels don't typically rise very rapidly. And uh, I just wanted to pose that as a a thought-provoking question to our our audience that may uh, tune in. I think that's a great point, Dr. Rosenthal. In fact, we could probably come back Uh, with that same question to the person who poses to us that we should be uh, looking at albumin. So in your paper, you talk about um, some studies in the surgical patients in the past that showed correlations between these low serum protein levels and surgical complications. So if these protein levels aren't really markers of nutrition, were they a surrogate marker of something else that could have contributed to these uh, poor outcomes? And what were they surrogate markers of? Oh, wow. That is a very interesting question. Uh, You know, the paper was focused on uh, particularly dispelling the idea that albumin levels and prealbumin levels are good biomarkers for nutritional status alone. Uh, I do think, though, that there still is a very large body of literature that simply states that albumin levels are a marker for predicting post-op poor outcomes. 
And as a surgeon, there is a, you know, a significant body that albumin and pre-albumin do predict these poor outcomes. And under these contexts, uh, hypoalbuminemia could represent a patient's overall ability to potentially even heal their post-surgical wounds, perhaps even have the physiologic reserve to endure an operation. Even in studies looking at albumin levels during starvation, albumin levels remained normal all the way up until a BMI of 12 was reached. And so to simply imply that the hypoalbuminemia is caused by malnutrition and this is driving poor outcomes is too simplistic. And I would urge surgeons to look into other causes of low serum uh, albumin levels, uh, such as uh, acute or even chronic inflammation. This kind of leads us to my next question about how serum protein markers are affected by inflammation and other disease states. And um, so most cl clinicians have really kind of discounted using albumin as any marker of malnutrition. But in your opinion, are there any instances in which serum proteins can be used as nutrition markers? Yes. Um, I think it can be pretty rare, though. I do think in some circumstances when a patient is being seen for an elective operation in the outpatient setting is that a complete steady state whereby underlying inflammatory processes have been excluded, the patient endorses, uh, endorses poor overall nutritional intake, and maybe albumin levels could correlate uh, with a nutritional status. You know, it's, it's hard to predict because in my practice, I'm yet to see this patient. They either don't have hypoalbuminemia and they're robust and they can endure an elective operation, or they do have low uh, serum albumin markers, uh, which do correlate with underlying uh, pathophysiologic states, uh, most of which I see are emergency general surgery patients. And so they typically do have inflammatory processes, perforated hollow viscous, diverticulitis, appendicitis, cholecystitis. And so if they truly have low albumin levels, could it have been going on for a little bit longer? Potentially. But even in the acute setting in appendicitis or cholecystitis, most of these patients still have normal albumin levels. So Dr. Rosenthal, do you use uh, these serum proteins to guide either your nutrition or your surgical practice um, at any point? And, and what considerations do you take into account? Uh, interesting, I do. Uh, but I use this more of uh, a marker as an idea. And this idea is when a patient is no longer catabolic. I like to see that the C-reactive protein is trending down and the albumin or pre-albumin levels are trending up. In my mind, uh, in this particular patient, I've obtained source control of whatever was uh, brought this patient to my ICU or hospital, and now their bodies need good calories to build and repair themselves. You see, this is the transition, I believe, that these patients are no longer catabolic and have an increasing anabolic potential. And that's when we need to start giving these patients more and more calories. And since we've kind of thrown out that serum proteins are really our marker for nutrition status, what other tests should we be looking to that are going to, number one, identify nutrition risk in our patients, especially in your case, the surgical patient, and then number two, the nutrition status? Oh, man. Uh, I typically like to use uh, imaging to help guide some of my uh, risk. Uh, in these patients, I use uh, a lot of CT imaging because I have an elective practice where I do abdominal wall uh, reconstruction as well as fistula takedown. And so on these patients, we typically get 
serial CT scans every, I don't know, six six to eight months. They usually get a pre-op CT scan, and they usually have one from when they're diagnosed. And so in that instance, the L3 or L4 psoas muscle is a nice predictor of uh, not only just nutritional risk, but also sarcopenia. And we now know that sarcopenia actually has an increased uh, post-optic complication rate associated with it as well. So once this area is going up and uh, the Hounsfield units are greater than 40, meaning that there's more muscle in the psoas muscle, not just fat or marbling, as some people say, then I think these patients are slowly on the road to uh, being able to endure a big operation. And that usually is probably more for nutritional risk. As far as nutritional status, that's when I actually heavily rely on our dietitians uh, for a nutrition-focused physical exam. I let them help guide my uh, therapies, and uh, they are uh, instrumental in helping to identify patients uh, who are malnourished, who may need to be uh, delayed a little bit for an elective operation. And these are the uh, people that uh, we usually uh, rely on for a more interdisciplinary approach to uh, helping our surgical patients. Before we close today, Dr. Rosenthal, do you have any other comments that you want to share with our listeners today? Oh, no, I just appreciate this uh, experience to share my thoughts, and I really do appreciate the uh, invitation. Thank you, Dr. Hasse. Well, thank you, Dr. Rosenthal, for sharing your expertise with our listeners, especially about such a hot topic. So I'd like to invite our readers to find out more about this paper, Serum Levels of Pre-Albumin and Albumin for Preoperative Risk Stratification and other articles on the effect of malnutrition on outcomes in patients in the June 2019 issue of Nutrition and Clinical Practice.